0: This is the Create Yourself Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. It's been a long time, guys. Haven't uh, been able to record. Uh, you know, we live out here in Washington, so the, the snow has been really shutting us down. Life's been shutting us down. Uh, gym's really busy. Coaching's really busy. So, um, been really having a hard time being able to sit down and record something for you for you guys. But you know, here we are. We're gonna we're gonna jump into it today. Um, so over the past couple weeks, I've been getting, uh, tons of questions. Like, you know, I'll put up a workout or, or an exercise and I'll get that question on like, you know, how do you come up with this stuff? Um, how do you know how to do it? What's a, a good book that I should read to, to pick up programming? Um, what are the best rep schemes? Now, I think it's important to remember that all those questions really are pretty relative. Um, and we'll, we'll get more into this specifically, but, um, those questions are always going to be my favorite answer, and it's always going to be it depends, right? But we're gonna we're gonna jump into laying a framework out. So I want to discuss something that I call the hierarchy of programming. The hierarchy of programming is again, it's just a framework. It's like you know, what's more important first versus or versus another thing? Um, what takes more precedence over the other? Uh, I think I'm gonna turn this into uh, essentially a couple part series where each different component of making a good workout program um, or each different component of coming up with workout programs or workouts. Um, We'll dive into each one specifically, but today I'm just gonna talk about the the framework and then elaborate on each piece because it's important to to know why um, they are where they are. So this framework essentially, I I have it set up as a pyramid, right? And, And I actually keep it in my office when I do programming because it helps me to stay true to like what's important versus what's not important. Um, So uh, I'll go through each individual piece and now think of it as, again, we're talking about a pyramid here. So the first one I talk about is obviously the bottom and then I'll work my way up. It's uh, six different layers and then it's encompassed by one thing. So on the outside of the pyramid, um, I I use what's called periodization, right? So the outside of the, the, the pyramid is periodization. Periodization is like, what are we gonna set up um, your training program, like throughout the the different weeks, right? Because we can't always just do the same thing. We can't always just you know go hard all the time. Um, and especially if you're you know an athlete, or if you are a coach programming for an athlete, or maybe you're a person that has a specific thing going on. Like um, periodizing your training is going to make you look a certain way, or to help you to achieve a certain thing with your uh, like your lifting numbers. If you're a, li- a competitive powerlifter or Olympic weightlifter. Um, Making sure that we're programming in accordance with that specific uh, date that you need to be ready for um, or just periodizing throughout the year is always important because we don't want to train the same. We, we can't always go hard. We can't always go light. We, we have to we have to manipulate these things as much as we can. Um, so periodization is on the outside of it because I think that all of the layers of the pyramid need to, to, to be periodized. They need to be planned out. Um, Again, because we can't just we, we can't just do random and varied all the time. It's how I program at my gym. Uh, you know, we'll have four weeks where we work on a specific strength component, and then we'll, obviously we're varying our uh, metabolic conditioning inside the gym for that. But um, overall, the 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 weeks and months are periodized in a way that allows for harder training, higher volume lifting, and then uh, petering down in a, or uh, waving up and down throughout that time. So. At the bottom of the pyramid when I'm making programs, um, I use what's called adherence. Now, the reason why adherence is the most important part of um, your training, right, or your, your your workout or your program is because, like, what are you going to adhere to? Like, I, I used to fail clients because I would make things that, like, I thought were the best, or I would make, like, the sexiest program with the coolest rep scheme and the the coolest progression of strength and ultimately like that doesn't matter. What matters is what is that person gonna stick to. Right? So if you're making if you're trying to make the greatest workout ever and you've got the perfect rep scheme with the perfect the perfect rest periods, the 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 best template split like upper lower legs, push pull, like arms, all these like you've got this perfect setup. But your client or your member won't stick to that program, you're essentially wasting your time. Right? Because it doesn't matter how how like sexy or pretty something is, um, if your if your client won't do it consistently over the period of time in the first place. Right? So if they're gonna start it and then they're just gonna stop along the way, you're just spinning your wheels. So it's important that you consider the adherence piece. Excuse me. It's important that you consider the adherence piece because Your client has to adhere to that program. They have to do it. They have to believe in it. They have have to have the time available to do it. Like if you're programming five days a week and your client only has three times per week to work out for 60 minutes and you've got five days a week at 90 minutes, do you think that client's going to stick to that program? Right? Like, uh, for instance, at my gym, all my classes are an hour long. Um, It's an hour long because I know that for the masses, I can get 99% of people to work out three days a week for 60 minutes, and I can get them great results. It's easier for them to stick to it because I'm not doing a two-hour class with you know tons of different things. I, I, my, the program is very general because it's going to tailor to a bunch of people, and those people are going to be able to stick to it, right? So when you're when you're making a workout program, when you're 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 laying out the coolest thing possible, always consider: Will this client stick to it? Will they adhere to it? Because if they don't adhere to it, you're wasting your time. Okay. All right. So the second level of that pyramid that I that I use is uh, volume, intensity, and frequency. Okay. So volume is the sets and reps or rounds of the insert training program, meaning like five sets of six back squat or five sets of ten. Right. That is the volume, meaning how many repetitions, how much work is that client doing or that member doing per day, per week, per month. Right, so that that's that's important to consider because sometimes people get caught in the weeds with uh, other things that aren't important, aren't as important as volume or intensity and frequency. Right, so when we're talking intensity, intensity is how heavy or how light a person's going. That's the second manipulator in making a good, uh, uh, making great programming because you know you've got you you manipulate how much, then you manipulate how heavy, and then the last piece is frequency meaning how often. So take that in and kind of let that sit for a second um, because if you're making workouts for people and you're making something they can adhere to, you're manipulating the volume correctly, how much they're doing, you're manipulating how heavy or how light they're going, their intensity, and you're manipulating how many days per week they're training a the body part um, per week and you're tail- tailoring that to the goals that they're trying to, they're trying to achieve. You're gonna be going in the right direction. So adherence, volume, and intensity and frequency is the second level, right? Those are that, that I would say if you if you spent your time just there, right? The adherence and the volume, intensity, frequency piece, you'll get a client very really good results, right? Because they can stick to it and you're manipulating the volume, you're making sure that you're varying that, challenging the body, how heavy they're making sure they're going heavy, making sure they're going light. And then they're training these body parts and these these energy systems often enough. You're going to make a good program for that client, All right, So level th- or to the the third level of the the pyramid that I use is called uh, progression, right? So in order to get bigger and stronger, you need to gradually increase your 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 training over time, right? Like your stimulus has to increase. Can't always do the same thing, the same amount, uh, or, or the same movement over and over again. You can't always do the same rep scheme over and over again. You can't always lift the same weight over and over again. You have to progress it, right? So gradually increasing your training stimulus over over time is actually something called the principle of progressive overload, right? Meaning like, let's take, for instance, uh, you have a client, he does, or he or she does four sets of five. Then the next week they do four sets of six, and then four sets of seven and then four sets of eight, right? Um, it, a, a client just starting out can do the same rep scheme over and over again. They can do the same movement over and over again. They can train full body, whatever. Um, but over time you're going to need that training stimulus to increase. They're going to have to progressively overload their system. Like your body, your body trying to adapt, like your, your body is always searching homeostasis. So if you're doing the same thing over and over again and you never progress, um, Eventually, your body is going to create homeostasis at that stress that you're giving it, meaning that workout program. So it's important to consider progressing that over time. Um, you know whether it's week to week or month to month, um, or or or, or I, we'll just keep it at week to week and month for month no, and uh, month for month now, just for sake of conversation. But um, for the development of your athlete, it's important to consider progressing them through and not keeping them at the same thing for a long period of time. Okay, so. Uh, backing up a little bit, our, our, our pyramid so far is adherence, volume, intensity, frequency, and now we're talking progression. Okay, so um, from there we start talking about, uh, or the, the fourth layer of this thing is exercise selection. Okay. Exercise selection is really important to consider because you, you, you have to, to, to really think about, like for instance, I send a questionnaire to any athlete that I program for. When they come into my gym, I sit down and discuss things with them. Um, because it helps me to tailor their program better to them. Now, when we're talking about exercise selection, if a person's just trying to change their physique, they're trying to put on muscle or, or, or lose body fat or increase their, their sports performance, um, then a particular set of exercise in their workout programs, um, it's just going to look a different way. Versus, you know, I have a powerlifter that comes to me and they're going to be competing in the sport of powerlifting. Well, they need to do their three lifts. They need to bench press. They need to squat. They need to deadlift. Because now we're talking skill acquisition. They need to get a uh, uh, better neurologically at performing and expressing strength in those lifts. Right? Like if I if if a powerlifter comes to me and I only have them doing Romanian deadlifts, dumbbell curls, and dumbbell bench press, then they're not going to be as good at expressing strength as they would. If they had practiced those lifts and done those things, so exercise selection starts to get um, uh, starts to be important when we're thinking about what our athletes or our clients are trying to do, like a, a bodybuilder or a soccer mom who's trying to lose body fat. Their program is going to look a lot different from an Olympic weightlifter or a competitive CrossFitter or a um, a strongman. Even like the, the programmings are, are going to look so much different. Um, I'm going to choose way different exercises for a powerlifter than I would general pop who's just trying to get fit, right? So, um, it, especially if we're talking Olympic weightlifting, like, um, there's not a lot of variance within that. They're going to be doing snaps, clean and jerk squat all the time. And maybe some, you know, auxiliary stuff on the side, just to short weaknesses, but, um, Selecting the right exercises for them is super important because they're only competing in two lifts that are highly neurological, that are highly important to be skilled in. Um, so I'm not going to be, you know, putting a whole lot of, uh, for lack of better terms, weird exercises into their workout programs. Okay, so we're going to stop and pause there because those four levels of um, th- this this hierarchy or this this pyramid have you are. The most important, the first two: adherence, volume, intensity, frequency. If you do those right, if you do those right, most coaches will get great results for their clients. And then increasing from that, going into the progression of their lifts and their their weights and all these things, and then choosing the right exercises, right exercise selection. Um, if you spend most of your time focusing on those things, you're going to make great workout programs for somebody, or your workout program is going to be great. Because those are the four things, those are the four dictators of um, most programming being really, really good. So some, some coaches out there that are, you know, preaching their method or how their system is better than everybody else, and they've got all this, this fancy tempo, rep scheme, um, just all these frivolous things that don't even matter, um, I, I would always ask them, like, do you, do you pay attention to those first four levels first? right? Because I've gotten really great results with people just using those four things and not manipulating rest periods too much, not re- manipulating lifting tempo or EMOM this or every 30 seconds that like, um, just making something that my clients can stick to manipulating volume, intensity, and frequency, progressing them, and then choosing the right exercises. I'm going to get really great results for somebody and it's not going to be overly complicated. and And, and, and it's, it's always crazy to to think that it's often the most simple workout programs that get the best results, right? Like if, for instance, like when I make most workouts, we, we, my my clients only do somewhere between four and six exercises per workout. Like if I had somebody doing twelve, like I've seen some bodybuilding programs where there's like twelve or fifteen different exercises with these crazy rest periods, crazy tempos. <clears throat> Don't talk a lot about progressions. Like they're not really considering if I'm gonna if somebody's gonna stick to it and, and like. Fifteen to sixteen exercises, how like how much variance can you create without, you know, shooting yourself in the foot over time and running out of things to do? And there's only so many exercises that you can use in making workout programs in the first place. Uh, it's important to consider that maybe you get the best the the best you can out of, you know, minimal exercises. That way you've got tons of variance for for, for years and years. Like you're looking at you're looking for the development of an athlete over years, not just getting them really good and you know, 12 to 16 weeks and then like, here you go, you got it. Be out on your own now, right? Um, so uh, recapping, right? Level one of the pyramid, the very bottom, adherence. What will your client stick to? Level two is volume, intensity, frequency. Level three is progression. Level four is exercise selection. Now moving on to, to, to the more novelty stuff here. Um, from there we can start talking about rest periods. So rest periods, um, or like how long is an athlete or a client, um, resting in between exercises for CrossFitters? This isn't, or for, for, for CrossFit Metcons, this isn't as important. Obviously we can discuss intervals and which ones work better and, um, why you should do rest periods and, and stuff. But, you know, just generally speaking, I think some of these intervals happen in workouts without us even programming just because nobody's going to go hard for an entire time. But when we're talking more specifically about, um, strength training or, or hypertrophy work, um, rest periods. It's debatable whether they're important or not. Some people swear that you need to rest a certain amount of time in between big lifts. Um, I've done programs. and got great, great results where like, you know, I've done EMOM back squats before where every minute I'm doing eight heavy, really heavy back squats. I've gotten great results with that. I've gotten great results with doing three to five reps of resting three to five minutes so that this, this whole, um, rest period thing is pretty debat- pretty debatable um but especially for uh you know the ins and outs of uh rest periods in general i think just practically speaking like that's just not as important i mean basic rule of thumb the bigger lifts you're gonna need somewhere between one and three minutes um some of the more uh, hypertrophy-based stuff, where you're just getting extra muscle contractions after you know some of your main stuff, you know, 60 to 90 seconds is usually a good a good place to be. Um, but again, that's debatable whether that's even important or not. Um, so, uh, moving on from there, lifting tempo. Okay, so this is something that's you know, there's a, there's a couple programs out there that are really popularizing lifting tempo. Now here, here's here's my piece on lifting tempo and why I would use it. I used to use a lot of lifting tempo in new client or members programming, or um, a lot in my gym when I would get a wave of uh, uh, new members joining. And let me tell you why. So when we when we manipulate tempo, we can control. We can essentially control the movement for the person. Right. Like we, we've all seen that, you know, for coaches, we've all seen that that uh, athlete that comes in and just bounces in and out of their squat over and over again. They, very, you know, they're hypermobile. Everything's great. Um, but they don't necessarily have the tightness in their, their core and their hips um, that we would like to see in the bottom of that squat. Right. So how do we manipulate that? Well, let's control the amount of time it takes them to do their descent, the amount of time that it takes them to pause, the amount of time that it takes them to stand up the amount of time between uh, that rep and the next. So we don't have to get too far in the weeds with the the lifting tempo um, if we we start thinking about why we would use it, uh, why we would apply it in the first place. So for me, I use lifting tempo for that. It's probably my main reason is um, controlling a newer client's uh, range of motion in their lifts. And another way we can do it or or use this lifting tempo um, is for hypertrophy training. Because if I can make you hold a muscle contraction for a long time, especially, you know, you've got your – typically in a lifting tempo, you've got four different numbers. So uh, depending on the coach or the type of programming that coach does, those number, those numbers can mean a, a different things, right? Typically one number is the contraction. So if we're talking let's, – let's use bicep curl as an example. A contraction is where your arm is extended and you would be – curling that dumbbell or barbell up. That's the contraction, that's the concentric part of the lift. So that would be the first number. So the second number would be the hold at the top. That's called an isometric contraction, meaning your muscle is contracted and it's holding that position with that load fighting against it to go the other way. So we've got the concentric, the isometric, and then the eccentric would be the third number for me where that arm is extending on the way down meaning your muscle is contracting while lengthening at the same time and trying to hold that load still or control, the, or control the speed at which it goes down, right? So that's the eccentric portion. And then the last number would be um, the time in between reps. So lifting tempo has its place, but it's all about application. I would always ask, like if I see one of my coaches that's doing programming and I see these things in there, I um, will I'll, I'll always ask why, like, why is that there? Um, because <clears throat> I used to do a lot of programs in the past where I would just kind of throw stuff together and not really sit here and, and, and think or discuss why I put it there in the first place. So um, I, I view lifting tempo as the least important thing in making a workout program, but I also use it um, depending on the situation with a client, um, you know, especially if somebody's got a, a, a pre-existing injury or something like that, lifting tempo can be vi- or lifting tempo can be viable option to use for making a great program. Um, so that that's essentially the framework. Again, like I keep this pyramid. Um, I actually read I didn't make this pyramid up. I, I use it. Um, uh, this pyramid was actually made by a guy named um, uh, Dr. Eric Helms. He's PhD, one of those PhD types. He's the one that's uh, researching all this stuff. Um, but I completely jacked it and started using it myself. And this pyramid has been really, really helpful. For instance, like I just went online you know, this past year and started doing a lot of online programming for people. Um, you, you may even be listening to this and and uh, be one of my clients, and that's great. But now at least you know um, there is a method behind the madness and when I'm making you stuff. And uh, this framework's been super helpful because – um, programming for so many people with so many different goals, living in different places with different equipment—you um, know—new <laughs> athlete, uh, athlete that's been lifting and working out for years, you know—and then I program for people for people in my gym, I program for my gym. Like making programs has gotten a lot simpler, just simply using this hierarchy and this framework. All right, so we're going to review a little bit here, just one more time. Uh, think of a pyramid, the base of the pyramid is adherence. What will your client stick to? Volume, intensity, frequency is the next piece. How much, how heavy or light, how often? Progression, are you adding reps? Are you adding progression in exercise? Um, so on and so forth. Exercise selection, what's your client trying to do? Gain muscle, lose body fat, compete in a sport? Ask these questions for you, to yourself when you're, when you're selecting exercises. Rest periods. How long are you allowing your athlete to recover in between exercises? It's important to consider, but not as important as the other four. And then the last thing would be lifting tempo. Um, how long is it taking a client, member, athlete, etc., uh, to do a repetition? Okay. So six different levels there, and then all, all encompassing that is periodizing or periodization. Um, so. Hope that was helpful. I think I'm going to dive into each one of these pieces. Um, again, like I said in the beginning, I think I'm going to segment this out a little bit and I'm going to dive into each piece specifically um, and then uh, you know lay out what it is, how to dig in the weeds a little bit more. Um, th- this podcast is actually inspired a little bit by, like, I needed to know this, you know, Ten plus years ago, when I first got into this, because I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just making all kinds of stuff. There's so many different coaches out there preaching their methods and, and this, that, and the other. Um, and and it's important that um, having you know having myself chased that secret sauce for years and years, only to come up with um, there is no secret sauce. There's just good good practices and and um, individual individualization and knowing your clients. Um, that's actually more important than any of this secret sauce, secret sauce that's out there. Um, and, and, and I would urge you to, to be aware. For instance, if you follow me on social media um, in any capacity, you'll know that I never preach methods. I never preach like my method is better than everybody else's. My system is better than everybody else's. What I do preach, though, is that I know my clients better than anybody else. And the same for my team at my gym, right? Everybody, My team knows our members better than anybody else. And we know how to get them to do the things that they need to do to to get where they want to go. Um, I I find that's more powerful than knowing any system. And then sticking to these best practices and and this hierarchy has been super helpful for me to make, you know, each week I'm making, you know, close to 50 workout programs. So um, (laughs) individualizing 50 different workout programs obviously is going to take a framework and some good practices to make sure that I'm giving people what they want. Um, So I hope you enjoyed it today, you guys. Um, Do me a favor: head on over to iTunes, give me a five-star rating. Um, Also, a review wouldn't hurt. Also, um, we we love to know what people think about uh, this podcast here. Um, And then go ahead and go on to Instagram. Give me a follow at the CF Seven C Coach, and please follow my gym at CrossFit Seven Cities. And and let's go a step further. If you live in the Silverdale, Washington area. And you want some real stuff, like really well thought out workout, stick, workout programming, stick into this hierarchy, and you want, a, you want a, a group of coaches that actually cares about you, that will listen to you, um, go ahead and check out our website, www.crossfit7cities.com. We offer two free weeks. We are not in the business of tricking people into joining our gym. It's all about creating value and giving the best possible environment for our members. And then you get to experience that for two weeks before you even have to to jump in bed with us and decide that this is where you're going to stay. Um, And then from there, um, do me one last favor. Screenshot this on your phone. Post it on your story, on your feed. Tag me in it. Um, I'd love to know who's listening to this. Um, Maybe maybe let me know if it gives you value or not. Um, And until then, you guys, we'll uh, talk to you next time.